1: All right, here we go. Welcome in. Time for another Monday. Monday here is the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we get you caught up with everything that happened over the weekend in the world of sports. And, of course, take a look ahead to not only tonight's action, but uh, but what we've got coming up, which is a boat. And I mean a boatload of sports betting and investing opportunities. Pitchers, catchers, spring training is here. Uh, Grapefruit League, Arizona League, you name it, uh, it is all going to start on the diamond uh, in relatively no time, which means we've got opportunities to start looking at some win totals across Major League Baseball. We'll do that coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, We do have uh, one of the best, or at least that's what it's being billed as right now, one of the best, if not the best of all time, When it comes to all-star games, uh, with what we saw last night with the NBA, we will dive into that controversy. Saturday night with dunk competitions, three-point competitions, and of course, the skills challenge. A lot of fun, all-star weekend proving to be worth the price of admission uh, if you were in Chicago and decided that you wanted to go there. A lot of fun stuff, a lot of great storylines happening, and of course... Less than uh, less than just about 30% of the season now remains as the NBA kicks back in. Got to look at some of those future prices now with just about 30% left. We got to see, is there any value on the board to be able to uh, crown a new champion in the NBA? We'll do that. Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, uh, has done an amazing job of just about pissing everybody off on every level. We'll let you hear exactly what he said in an interview that has people shaking their heads going, wow, you could not have botched this up any more than you did. And don't forget, Genesis Open over the weekend. Did you cash a ticket? And oh, yeah, the Daytona 500. Rain, rain, rain. So that means today, Dane, we got ourselves... A little bit of race to go on in Daytona. It does look like the weather's going to clear up. So uh, needless to say, loaded, we are here today. And we'll get to all of it, I promise. But first, we're going to check in with Dan Strafford back at headquarters there, getting you caught up with all the headlines from overnight here on The Grid SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid
0: Sports
2: grid. News Update. Well, as just discussed, gentlemen, restart your engines. The Daytona 500 has been postponed by rain for the first time since 2012. Dampening NASCAR's an opener, the race was postponed after two lengthy delays totaling more than three hours. The race will resume at 4 p.m. today. Marks the second time in 62 years that the, quote, great American race will finish on a Monday. At the NBA All-Star Game, Team LeBron bested Team Giannis, 157 to 155. Kawhi Leonard was named MVP, a trophy renamed for Kobe Bryant. The night was filled with celebrations of the life of Bryant and his daughter, Gigi. Magic Johnson led the crowd in an eight-second moment of silence, a nod to the number Bryant wore for the first half of his career. According to the report from The Athletic, including Shams Strania, John Balin is not expected to remain the Cavaliers' head coach beyond the season. In Major League Baseball, Cole Hamels won't be cleared to resume throwing for weeks. Braves manager Brian Snicker said Hamels will report to camp later this week for rehab. Eugenio Suarez of the Reds took one-handed swings in the batting cage and fielded some grounders without making throws on Sunday. Suarez injured his right shoulder while falling into a swimming pool last month. Dodgers starter Jimmy Nelson is dealing with minor groin soreness. Manager Dave Roberts said the soreness is, quote, benign, but any sort of setback could derail Nelson's quest to earn a spot in the Dodgers rotation. In the NFL, ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese confirms that the team has had, quote, no movement in contract talks with impending free agent Tom Brady. Patriots only have a month to hammer out a deal with Brady before the legal tampering period begins on March 16th. Reports are out that the Raiders with their impending move to Las Vegas could offer Brady two years, $60 million to try to lure him to Las Vegas. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update.
1: Thanks, Dan, appreciate it. Yeah, as you can tell, just absolutely loaded, no shortage of headlines in any stretch of the imagination from over the weekend, Dane, but I think it's probably fitting to start with what happened last night in Chicago as the NBA the All-Star Game took center stage, and it's uh, kind of a great event for fans alike. Started you know Friday night, even when you had the right. uh, the West, uh, the West and the uh, the World, and the, the American uh, youth of the NBA in there, but really uh, culminated last night into many of us not having a damn clue as to what, from a betting perspective, we were going to be in for. And with All-Star games like anything, it's all a matter of effort. What kind of effort are you going to get? And we've seen this game in this spot be one of the absolute worst when it comes to effort, except for last night. And while it was a two-point team LeBron win, which was not a cover, as they were a -a six-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, the total went over. uh, As that closed right around that 305, 306, 307, depending on where you got it, really didn't make a damn bit of difference. That went flying over, but I do think that the fourth quarter, if if they they are this close to getting figuring it out this All Star yep. game right, and I think having it one on free throws is is up for debate. Uh, you know, if it's going to be a schoolyard game, you got to win by two. You got to win by two. But uh, I got to tell you, man, everything about that fourth quarter. Was spot on. So as much as we laughed and were like, "Oh, this is ridiculous! This is, you're ruining the game." No, you didn't. You didn't ruin the game, man. You, you, you got it right. That's exactly what an all-star game is supposed to be like, Dane.
3: Yeah, I thought it was good. You talk about it all the time, right? Like, how hard will they try? What will the intensity be like? Mm -hmm. And we always say, oh, they start trying in, like, the last five minutes of the game when you see them put the, the, like, closing lineup for each team out there. I think the switch was good. It made the entire fourth quarter – uh, more pressurized right and and teams were in fact caring. I, I th- you're right I think they could do a little bit more to tweak it almost maybe like have them play to a certain number almost every quarter You know because you could see it completely ramp up. I got to admit though I made bets not fully understanding how it was gonna go down uh, Joe the one thing you I thought was alone. That, <laughs> Right, I I actually thought I knew about the 24 points in the fourth quarter. Okay, I believe that that meant the absolute maximum we could have in the fourth quarter would be 24 to 23 for a total of 47. But it turned out that it was the team Giannis's points that went up by 24. And still, you know, Team LeBron was able to catch up. They scored, you know, 40-some-odd points in the fourth quarter. So I do think they need to clarify that a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Marv Albert was saying it incorrectly on the broadcast, you know, and that sort of thing. Just so that everybody knows what it was that they were actually looking for but this idea of um going quarter by quarter i um i think makes sense it grows the intensity it turns the end of the fourth quarter to the end of every quarter um i just didn't like having the kids there cheering i thought that was like pimping out poverty on some level
1: uh yeah listen the bottom line is they and again effort if none of this yeah. matters if the effort isn't there from these all-stars And really, every quarter, whether it had been the first quarter, because they were playing basically for charity every quarter. uh, So that was money to each of these kids, having them in the stands, having them celebrate. Uh, Across the board, the effort was there. And that was really in a night where you were celebrating one of the ultimate competitors of all time for the NBA. If this is what this All-Star game becomes, where they take on that persona, that Kobe Bryant persona moving forward where we're balling out guys you had Kyle Lowry taking offensive taking char- charging call <laughs> like he was get, he was laying out yes. out there yes. for that taking charging calls against uh, of all people Kawhi Leonard who wins the right. MVP he didn't miss um he's really? also taking them against Harden Mr. Johnny uh you know Johnny on the spot you had Giannis knocking shots away it was yeah. an unbelievable fourth quarter when it was all said and done Yes, it was a two-point victory for Team LeBron, but we had said it. There was a reason why Giannis put together the team he did, and this is the closest All-Star game we've ever seen. He, he filled his team with a bunch of ballers. That is exactly yeah. what he did. Dudes that were going out there were laying it on the line, and that's what they did. From Embiid, I actually saw defense. And, I, like, I could not believe what I was seeing. They had call they had three calls the entire game, the fourth quarter. They had 21 fouls in right. the fourth quarter alone. They were not messing around in that fourth quarter, man. They were trying to win this game. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing with a different stat. You talk about the fouls. They
3: put up a stat. I was going to be, like, with two minutes left in the fourth, but it wasn't with two minutes left in the fourth. It was when t- both teams were already in the 150s. And right. they put up that in the first three quarters, there were 49 dunks. <laughs> Up to that point in the fourth quarter, there was one. Okay. They weren't letting you just go down and perform your, you know, perform your slam dunk contest routine nope. anymore. There were no alley oops going on. You can tell there was be- defense being played. I almost think, what do you think about this one, Joe? You do every quarter like that, right? Like you have it, individual quarters. Maybe what you do is you make the amount that goes to charity per point. Yeah. So well, that yeah. every point matters, right? And even at the beginning of the quarter, you can't let them get out to a big old lead cuz if you only win by one point, it's 10,000. But if right. you win by 13 points, it's 130,000, making every point matter.
1: Yep. You had a uh a- and really it was the money was great, the interviews afterwards were great, the yep. highlights, the calls uh, we'll let you hear some of that coming up. Plus, what happened on Saturday night—the controversy mm. around the dunk competition. They should still we'll be let dunking you hear that as well. Exploded here today. Coming up here on the Grid, SportsGrid.com. It's the early line. Welcome in.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice; we play every day.
2: They have won eight of their last nine. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Okay, oh,
0: hey, Devin Booker. Good little Oh, oh, What a beautiful move in the open floor there. Calling for time.
1: So there with the rebound. That's is range. Young
0: from center court. Yes. for the center court. Oh, young lost the dribble as he tried to put him. move. Oh, look, it's over the head to Simmons. Intercepted by Lowry. Lowry moving on low. It is off. Of it's down. It's up. He caught it. Are you kidding me? Oh, Jim LeBron has hit it.
1: Way to make it interesting, man. <laughs> you guys can hear the excitement that was in the voices of not only Mar, but Reggie Miller, the crowd. Yeah. And anytime you're hearing whistles and uh, charging, like people actually taking charging fouls, like, uh, like Lowry did against his old teammate there in uh, Kawhi Leonard, it had a little bit of something for everybody. 157 to 155 was the final of the All-Star game, guys. They covered... Uh, that being Team Giannis covered as a six-and-a-half-point underdog. The total, depending on where you went, anywhere from 3.05 to 3.07-and-a-half, um, doesn't really make a difference. The total went over. It was a very cashable game. Yep. Did not realize how much effort we were going to get. I think that's what prohibited some people from diving in, going, I don't, I don't understand. Right. I don't know where this game is going to go. We had 315 points last year. Um, Are they going to mail it in a little bit? But there was something about the announcement prior, the uh, award going to Kobe, you know, the Kobe All-Star game and the MVP going to the very first one, going to Kawhi Leonard, who was just flat out balling from the opening tip uh, on there. Uh, Really impressed with how much effort they gave. And then after the game, to hear the guys, Dane, you know, Embiid and Harden and they actually they were like, this was, this was great. This was so much fun. It. They, they actually had an amazing time doing it. Sometimes these guys, they mail it into, we've seen that. And it's, it's terrible for the game. That's been the problem with the NFL pro ball forever is guys mailing it in. We didn't get it mailed in here, man. It, I mean, while it was dunk fest USA in the first, You know, Giannis, if you notice in the seconds, like, yeah, we're going to take the lead now and we're going to give it a big enough lead. And, of course, culminated by that Trey Young uh, half court shot three pointer. It had everything. I mean, you could not have asked for a better night of NBA All-Star basketball than what you got. And when the guys are telling you this is the best All-Star game I've ever been a part of, it's the best All-Star game ever. The NBA got it right, man. I don't know whether they lucked into it, but they they got it right. I mean, that, that game, I mean, look at that. Those, unbelievable what they were doing. And, of course, Giannis was crazy, 25 points, 11 boards, four assists. LeBron, too, was just effort beyond effort, Dane. Maybe the most impressive thing is that these, uh, for all the crap that we give these guys, that effort was there last night. They wanted to win that damn game
3: they certainly gave effort it was a it was a exciting game and you could tell that it was ramping up throughout the course of the game absolutely um yep. i think they should stick with it i think they should you know make subtle tweaks maybe play each quarter to a certain point total who knows but it definitely inspired them the one problem joe is going to come it didn't happen last night but it's going to come in when they give this effort what happens the first year When someone sprains an ankle in the fourth quarter of the All-Star game and is out for a week, you know, that's going to be what pushes it the other way. I saw Simmons, I think, look like he rolled an ankle or got trucked for a second. and He stayed down for me. I was like, uh oh, we can't have an actual injury. I think you're absolutely right. They're going to give it right. They're going to they're going to play. But then when someone gets hurt, they're going to find out ways to try to rein them back in. I hope it never happens. Knock on wood. But that's what will be. That's what will force them back in the more conservative direction.
1: Yeah, it's, um, and I agree with you. It's, uh, but again, that's a risk in anything. So, sure. I I do sure. think that, given, and they and were they going for it last night, right? Joe. You know there what I mean? Is, that fourth quarter came. It, it was like they just dropped it into, you know, from they were hanging out in second and third gear, and then they right. they dropped it because they wanted to have a little more uh, something else. They they could they, they kicked it into another gear. When you have 21 fouls in the fourth quarter of an All-Star game, that tells you everything you need to know about that fourth quarter. And uh, I do think moving forward, uh, this game will be a must-have ticket. This game, um, it's kind of hard to go back from here. So if they want to make it where you got to win by – there has to be a, either a dunk or a two point shot or three They're point. There's strategy in commercial breaks. You yes, know what I mean? Exactly. They're like, do we go yep. for the three now? Do we foul right. to just put them
3: on the yep. line so we get yep. another possession? That's, yep. that's 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 interesting. That's exciting. That's going to be
1: huge. Yeah, that's going to be huge. Nick Nurse said it after the game. The the coach and team bound said, like that was the yep. most fun strategy wise. Guys were trying to figure out all right, how do we want to do this? How do we play it we, right. Yeah, do we, we got go to make it up because two? Yeah. Yeah. Team Giannis was ahead, and the way the rule book, the way they had set it up, and to Dane's point, some people were a little confused by it, that the 24 points were added on to whoever was leading at that point going into the fourth. The leading team, right. Right, so really the leading team had to score 24 more points before the other team could catch up. So the other point was And LeBron caught up, LeBron's team caught up, yeah. Yeah, LeBron's team caught up, and they still that. So it was just that. And that was really the defining moment of we don't know what that plus 24 number is going to be. Look like. So yeah. when you're betting the total, that's really what you were doing. You were betting, how much do I really think total is going to happen here? What, what is that key number going to be when it's all said and done? And as it turned out, it was 155, and it was getting there. No No nothing, no shot clock, no nothing. They turned everything off for a fourth quarter. It was must-watch television, Dane. Like, you could not take your eyes off the television screen waiting to see exactly what was good, especially with all the fouls and everything going. That fourth quarter took forever, and it was the most fun I think people have had in a long time in an All-Star game. It was awesome. It was definitely a lot of fun to see them actually go out there and play
3: for a full quarter, right? Um, What I will say, though, is because of the plus 24, the target score aspect, right. if, if the game was close after three quarters, then you would know exactly what you were going to get from a total standpoint in the fourth quarter. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? If it was like a two-point game after three, then, because what you said was right, Team LeBron caught up in the fourth quarter. They added mm-hmm. 24 to the Giannis team total because Giannis's team was up after three. Right. If you have a close game after three then when you add 24 to the winning team there's no wiggle room you know the fact that LeBron's team was down by double digits that and they came back that's what allowed there to be more scoring in the fourth quarter so what you really have to do is see what the game looks like after three you know and kind of figure out I was trying to do the math Joe I caught it at whatever it was like 308 let's say right Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I think it's gonna be 24 points aside that's 48 points so I was like are they gonna get to two sixty after three? Are they right. gonna get to two sixty after three? If they're under two sixty after three, they got no chance of going over it, right? Right. But the fact that LeBron's team was down and they had that, you know, comeback cushion, that's, that's what correct. pushed it over the total. So I thought I had it in the bag after right. three. You know, yep. but then, if it was a closer game, so they just need to clarify some of those things, I think, for yep. the betting public. You talk about transparency all the time, Joe, for yep. sports investing. They just got to make that clear, but it is exciting
1: it It really was. I mean, there, guys, it was there were more people uh, excited, of course, uh, after that game, social media was a buzz. And yeah. even the night before, guys, I mean, listen, the night before with the skills challenge, which, Uh, Bam ended up winning. Congratulations. uh, The Miami Heat, Bam. (laughs) What what did we say? We said you better have a high motor for that skill challenge because (laughs) you got to be a guy that we thought Patrick Beverly was somebody to keep an eye on. Um, But yeah, no, Bam, congratulations. But it was the slam dunk contest that got everyone all riled up as Eddie Jones Jr. there of the Miami Heat, along with Aaron Gordon, once again, being a just slam champion. now a lot of books did not have this guys, and it, it didn't because it was judged. And what you okay. will notice is that a lot of sports books uh, will not get involved with anything that is subjective right. like that. They want a clear cut winner and loser and case in point when you have you know, taco fall out on the court and you've got extra you know overtime in a slam dunk competition because both of these guys were putting on a show beyond a show. Uh, When Aaron Gordon jumps over seven foot five taco fall for a slam dunk, it's you kind of think that, all right, it's it's going. But three people, including Dwayne Wade, gave him nines on that. And uh, Eddie Jones Jr. takes home the trophy and not to take anything away because it wasn't like it wasn't like he lucked in it. They both just kept it. We could have done it for another two hours. It wasn't going to change anything like these two guys should have won i don't know if they could give it a you know a dual championship but both of those guys deserved and uh deserved to be there when it was all said and done
3: no i agree with you and i will say this though joe i did get action on the slam dunk contest, okay, in an offshore book. um, And I did bet Jones Jr. I got him at like plus 135, I believe. I knew it was going to be him or Gordon. Gordon was at minus money. Jones was at plus money. So there you have it. And to be quite honest, Joe, two things that are about our point. One, I think that's why they didn't make it a tie because mm. they couldn't – they know they couldn't pay out two winners, right? They, they weren't going to have a tie because then two people win. then where you do get it, they got to pay out two winners, and that's not going to help the books, you know, as we get more and more yep. into bed with sports investing. I don't know if that was actually on their mind or not. But then when it comes to the clarity piece, Joe, Aaron Gordon, you could see him on the sideline in between when they went to the extra dunk being like, yo, those are my four dunks. He didn't have any more planned. Right, he exactly. didn't know about yeah. overtime. Meanwhile, Jones yep. was like, I got four. Let's do it. You know, so clarity of the rules going in,
1: it yep. would have benefited Gordon. It was um, exciting. Anyway, the fans won, which is what it's all supposed to be about when it's all said and done. All right, coming up, we'll take a look at the weekend that was in college uh, basketball. A lot of upsets. Good day for the public. We'll talk about that coming up next year on The Grid. It's the early line.
0: DailyRoto.com.
1: Some of the uh, headlines from over the weekend we'll talk about here coming up, including uh, Rob Manfred just stumbling all over himself as we get ready for uh, Major League Baseball. The uh, spring training games are almost upon us. But uh, as we look back over the weekend, it was a, a tale of really two different betting weekend days. You had the contrarians, the sports books and the pros cleaning house on uh, on Saturday only yesterday to have it completely flip. And Joe Public uh, cleaned house yesterday. And if you start with Saturday, you'll have you'll have a pretty good understanding. Don't look any further than what the last game of the night was, uh, the Zags. Gonzaga taking on Pepperdine. Number two, Gonzaga taking on Pepperdine. 89 to 77 was that score. They were a 15, uh, 15 and a half point favorite, the Zags. They did not cover, they won. The uh, total also went over, 163 and a half. That went over as well. But that was part of, just look at the ranked teams on Saturday, guys. Ranked road teams, no less, went two and nine against the number. You had number five, Louisville, number 10, Seton Hall, number 11, Auburn, number 20, Houston, number 22, Illinois, number 24, Texas Tech, and number 25, LSU lost outright guys that's that's how crazy a day it was saturday in college hoops which great for sports books not good for the public great for contrarian bettors great for sharps then you flip to yesterday and it was guys it was all about Joe public yesterday because the three yeah. if you look at three of the biggest bet games of the day Yesterday, you had San Diego State last night, of course, number one. The undefeated team on the road against Boise State. Would they be able to remain undefeated in this Mountain West matchup? And the answer is absolutely. 72 to 55, they uh, they just pounced Boise State. They covered as a a five-and-a-half-point road favorite. This was with roughly three out of four of the bets, just about 75% of the money, Dane, and the bets coming in were from the public, so they were definitely the public favorite. Boom, they deliver for Joe Public, as did Villanova, who took care of Temple 76-56. to 56. They, too, had Joe Public about 75% of the bets on Villanova as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They covered, and then the game last night, Oregon just destroyed Utah 80-62. to 62. That little number next to Oregon proved to be very profitable for the public. Because they destroyed them, eighty to sixty-two, and yeah. and again another one of those seventy-five percent of the bets on Oregon laying the twelve and a half. So uh, Michigan destroyed Indiana. Yeah, they were an eight and a half point favorite. They too seventy-five mm-hmm. percent. So four of the biggest public bet games yesterday all cash for the favorite. Dane. So some of that money they lost on Saturday. The public came back and won on uh, Sunday, won yesterday. But if that doesn't just describe what this college basketball season has been all about, one way or the other, even still, with just about three weeks left in the season, Dane, in conference play, we're still talking about the pros winning one day. Oh, look at that. The public hammers it the next day. The back and forth is just, it's unnerving for betters who just jumped into college hoops this year.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, you didn't even talk about my cues on Saturday, Joe. I thought yes. we were going to be able to add them to the tally as well. They look good against Florida State for the most part. Florida State without its all-conference guard for what looked like disciplinary reasons. Uh, but the Seminoles still get it done 80-77 to against a game Syracuse Orange team. You know, and here's the thing, Joe. We try to find these trends, right? And we talk about teams in conference going on the road. And it didn't matter, though. On Sunday, Iowa went on the road and won. Villanova went on the road and won. San Diego State goes on the road and wins. And so I wonder, as we spin it forward, you know, who are these teams that are strong enough to kind of... not have that trend affect them. We saw the cream of the crop like Gonzaga or San Diego State be able to do that. I wonder if that plays out in the last two weeks of conference basketball when we look at games tonight like Kansas, huge favorite by 16 points against the Cyclones at home. You know, Do they have enough to kind of still uh, win by that number?
1: Yeah, and it wasn't all that bad yesterday, too. There were a couple of, uh, dogs that did didn't win, but they covered. Dan, which is always, you know, when we're talking Minnesota? about pros and contrarians, we're talking about underdogs in the situation getting yeah. it done. California lost to Arizona State, but they were a six-point dog, so they had uh, about twenty-five percent of the bets taking the points on that one. East Carolina, this was crazy. Opened up as an eleven and a half-point favorite. It closed as a nine-point. I mean, an eleven and a half-point underdog. They right. closed as a nine-point underdog, so you had some reverse line shift go there. And, of course, Cincinnati won barely 70-67, to 67. so <laughs> the pros were able to get that and maybe the game of the day. That B.C., North Carolina State, 71-68. Um, you only had, Dane, less than 20% of the bets on B.C., and I think 20%, I think that was Blewett from India, uh, was calling in bets there last exactly. minute to uh, to back his uh, his B.C.'s there. Uh, it was and get ready for it, guys. It's going to continue to be. There's no rhyme or reason for it. We, you know, we always usually this time of year expect to cream the rise to the uh, to the top, but it's all over the place, Dane. I mean, it is. There are at last we checked 11 teams in the Big Ten alone that, in all likelihood, are going to be in a bracket, uh, somewhere come March, Dane. 11 teams in a Big Ten conference. You mentioned Iowa coming from behind and fi- and winning that game on the road in Minnesota. They haven't been able to win on the road at all. They come back and win that game after being down. It's just been that kind of season. And I got to, I, I'm got i sorry, man. You're going to be looking at, and I get it, number one, number two seeds are still going to be the best teams. The Kansas is, the mm-hmm. San Diego State's, the Zags, but I'll be damned if that five, six, seven, eight seed yep. Man, they are going to do some damage in the, uh, in the tournament, man. Unbelievable what this is going to be like this year. Yeah,
3: I said it last week. If you remember, Joe, you know, you talked about like 30 to 35 teams, right, that are mm-hmm. kind of quality. I think in the sec- that first weekend, not the Thursday and Friday when everybody's not at work and paying attention to their screens and their apps and their phones, that first Saturday and Sunday, Joe, that's when you're going to get like three versus six. Two verse seven. And that's where I really believe those underdogs are gonna be able to make some hay because there is no you talk about the cream of the crop rising. There are no stud elite teams that are running through this. Undefeated Aztecs at, you know, in San Diego State. We don't know when they step up in competition and they play a good Big Ten team. Right. Like what happens when they wind up, you know, when they wind up seeing um, an Indiana, when they wind up seeing a Michigan State, a Penn State in the second round, we don't know how that's going to play out. And I am going to take kind of what I believe will be the dogs there in those three, six, two, seven matchups. That's what I'm ready to pounce on. And, you know. 11s are going to beat 6s in the first round, that sort of thing. It's going to be a very interesting
1: bracket come March. Even conference tournaments. I mean, before yeah. we even get to Selection sure. Sunday on March 15th, guys, the conference tournaments are going sure. to be wild. Absolutely wild. No rhyme or reason. A lot of neutral court situations. It's going to be very, uh, very interesting over the uh, the final stretch here before we get to that Selection Sunday on March 15th. I mean, I Go ahead. the conference tourneys, do you think that's more the
3: case in these Power Five ones? Because, like you know, the Big West, the West Coast Conference, like Dayton should still roll in their conference tournament, right? Gonzaga should still roll, right? You're talking more about the Big Ten because they're so deep. Or do you think even those kind of teams like Butler and we've and St. Mary's? Are they get flipped up?
1: We've seen St. Mary's take down the Zags in their conference tournament again. I mean, okay. it, it's anything is possible kind of very difficult for coaches guys to you know especially teams like the Zags it's one of the hardest things to do is to get these kids to be like you already know you're going to be a one seater or a two you already right. know and that's the you're most important thing savings. right I, you know even if the Zags were to lose you know Mark Few and what what's the motivation to win their conference tournament i mean it's a tough thing to do for some of these coaches to ask them to get these kids up to play you know some of the the bottom feeders of their conference but that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, the cream will rise to the top. At least we think. But I do think there's an opportunity for uh, teams that are flying under the radar, like Kentucky, like Texas Chaos Tech, theory. like BYU, like some of these teams that nobody's talking about. Um, yeah, they can do some damage come tournament time. Keep an eye on them. Auburn's taking all the, you know, all the SEC headlines, guys. But quietly. Right. You know, Kentucky has put it together and they're continuing to roll, too. So you got a couple of games tonight that are on the card. Dan had mentioned a couple of the bigger name ones. North Carolina will go. Kansas will go. But one of the games, uh, two games that see the most movement right now this morning. And again, this learning how to read the market is what we talk about a lot here on this show. Some of those early line movements are great indicators of Pros versus Joes, and a lot of times it ends up cashing out. Uh, we'll break down these games uh, next hour, but Xavier St. John's, this Big East mm-hmm. showdown is currently the most heavily bet game and lopsided game of the night. 14 college hoop games here tonight, guys. We are seeing the red storm all of a sudden. Uh, the pros love the red storm here. A lot of uh, a lot of public backing of Xavier, 16-9, going up against um, – you know, St. John's 14-11, this one is in the garden, if I'm not I mistaken, started. Dane. They, yep. There is um, there's some value on St. John's, and the pros are hammering it while the Music public is going, St. John's is atrocious. Give me give me Xavier, I'll back Xavier. Be careful. A lot of movement Let's in this game, Dane. It. Yep. Also, North Carolina, Notre Dame. We'll get you caught up with that, plus the headlines from around the world of sports overnight. Do that coming up here on the early line, sportsbrit.com All right. Happy Monday. Welcome back into the early line. Joe Raneri, Dane Martinez here with you. We'll start diving into some of those uh, Major League Baseball win totals. We'll tackle the American League East. We'll do that coming up uh, just after the top of the hour. But we did mention, of course, tonight, two big market movers in college hoops, 14 games on the slate. One of them, Xavier, taking on St. John's currently right now. That's hovering about, where, where's the number? Minus two, minus three? Where are we at right now, Dan? Nah,
3: I got only one and a half right now.
1: All right, still that's one and a half. Okay, so yeah, there you half. go. So you would think it would be minus two, minus three, Dane, with the amount of tickets I'm seeing on Xavier. Really? And, I mean, it's we're talking three out of four tickets on Xavier right now. But hovering at that one and a half, which tells me, Dan, I'm that's the smart money. money Hanging out on St. John's right now, not allowing the books to push that number up and make it easier for them to win. We're also seeing the money hit the over. This opened up at 138 and a half, Dane. What are you showing? Oh, wow. uh, 41 and a half. Okay, so yeah, so there's, um, so there's some- there's like three love points. To the, yep, to the over on this. And the other game, North Carolina, Notre Dame. And this is a battle of perception here, Dane. We all know North Carolina- very down year. Disappointing. Yeah. I get it. The public is never going to look at this game, Dane, and say, give me North Carolina. Uh, they're on the road. They've lost, what, five in a row now? March, now they yeah. got to take on a Notre Dame team who is 15 and 15-10 versus North Carolina, 10-15. and 15. And Notre Dame is getting hammered. They opened up as a four-point favorite, Dane. But what is that line at FanDuel? It's down to three and a half, Joe. That means it's going the other way, guys. That's the dreaded reverse line uh, shift, and we're going, well, if all the bets are going to the favorite, but what do you mean the line is getting worse? Well, the line is going towards North Carolina because the Sharps are saying, yeah, the public may be down on North Carolina. They're not in this particular spot. So uh, we'll we'll break down these games coming up next hour, but just to give you an, an indicator, guys, some early market shifts on these games. Great indicator of where the public is going, where the uh, where the pros are going. Don't overthink it. Figure it out where the money is going. Follow the money. It's always been very profitable. Now, Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. Dame. One of the headlines for over the weekend is he does this ESPN interview, and of course that doesn't go over all that well because he says things like you know like this. Can I
0: tell you 100% certain that? it didn't happen uh no Uh, you can never know that you gotta you know people tell you what they tell you i i I will tell you the evidence on this issue um was as consistent in the direction that nothing was going on as the evidence was consistent in the direction that there was inappropriate behavior in 17 and 18.
1: now that was rob manford responding to the buzzer allegations Mm -hmm. in 2019 you know where hey, don't rip off my jersey, Altuve, because, um, you know, ooh, my wife, uh, you know. uh, Yeah, so the answer of can I be 100% certain, Dane, is such a qualifier, I can't even begin to tell you. And it seemed as if Manfred had more disgust for the likes of Cody Bellinger, who came out and ripped the Astros, ripped Manfred said you stole the damn World Series, you stole the MVP trophy, MVP like touch. all of that. And Manfred seemed to have more of an issue with that than he did the actual, the Astros doing what they did. This is not going to get any better. We're not even, Dane, we're not even into, into spring training games. Right. And already right. it seems like the Astros are starting to crack here. So is coming out, blasting balance. That's Ballinger. where going to go. I mean, come on. And and you know what, Manfred? You're not helping the situation at all. Listen, Joe, we talk about this all the time.
3: Sometimes the cover up is even worse than the crime. And they admitted, you know, they acknowledged that, you know, in 2017, yeah, they broke the rules and all, but this buzzer thing and talking in 2018, 2019, that is going to keep going. Did you hear Correa, who now is offering an alternative theory that it wasn't uh, Altuve with his wife and didn't want the shirt and stuff? Altuve said. I mean, excuse me, Correa said that Altuve had a half completed tattoo on his collarbone, and it looked bad. And that's why he was he was embarrassed. He didn't want to see his bad half-completed tattoo on national TV. BS, you just hit a game winning home run in an ALCS game. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that's provable, Joe. There are now yep. pictures online of Altuve shirtless at that point in time. He ain't got a tattoo. They need mm-hmm. and this is what happens when you only talk about a little bit or you don't fully acknowledge, it doesn't yep. close the door on this. Bellinger's going to talk and here's the other thing that's going to happen, Joe. You have now players on those Astros teams that have spread far and wide. Here in New yep. York on the Mets, there's Jake Marisnik now and J.D. Mar- and, and J.D. Davis. They're asking them. You know, And then th- there's players like that on every team, and it's going to be really hard now that it's spread for everyone to have their story straight. You know the only story they could go with to keep it straight? The damn truth. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's completely what they've done. You're going to have fans everywhere the Astros go go crazy on them. You're going to have pitchers coming out. Pitchers made bean Astros almost every game. This is not going away, and the PR that they tried last week did not adequately get in front of it, and now the players are left to their own devices because they're going to have microphones shoved in their face in Clearwater, in Arizona, in other cities, in in Port St. Lucie for the next week, and all it's going to do is create more inconsistencies in this story and make it look even worse
2: the apologies were whatever uh i thought jim cranes was weak um i thought manfred's punishment was weak giving him immunity i mean these guys were cheating for three years
1: that's uh cody that was part of uh cody Bellinger of the dodgers just teeing off in in an interview and again it it appeared like manfred was a little bit more bent out of shape with with those comments then, listen, an appearance is everything. Perception is reality right now. And the perception is Major League Baseball opted to give the players a free pass to get to the truth when everybody already knew the truth. And they still don't have the truth. Well, they have the truth. They absolutely know the truth. But knowing the truth and allowing the public to know the truth are two totally different things. Listen, David Stern was a master at this Hmm. back in the 90s. In order to be able to keep the machine, what is known as the money-making machine, as Major League Baseball, like Stern was, building something in the NBA, there are the truth in a lot of circumstances can't come out, like Jordan and his gambling problem, like Donahue. A great commissioner, guys, a great commissioner, and there's nobody better than David Stern, understands that and knows how to bury the lead and how to make it about one thing when it's really always about another. You'll never be able to prove it. There'll be stories. Rob Manfred is doing his best David Stern right now. He's not. Like, he's making it about anything else other than the truth. And the reality is the truth probably buries the game because it's more than just the Astros, guys. Sure. We know this. Sure. It came from the Yankees. It came from the – we all know this. So if the if the Astros have to be the team – to fall on also, the sword right, right now and end it there. Rob Manfred's going to make sure it ends with them. Make no mistake about it. But don't think this is about the truth. We know the truth. You are. We are never going to be able to prove that truth like he just said. Am I 100% sure? No. Well, if right. you're not 100% sure that they are wearing buzzers, guess what? You should probably still continue to investigate because it's pretty obvious to everybody else they were. Right. Rob Manfred, his job is to protect the money, and that's exactly what he's doing right now, Dane. It ain't easy, but he'll be the bad guy. He's okay with that. That's what he's paid for. And that's fine.
3: I guess my point more is that he cannot fully control the narrative as soon as a microphone gets stuck in front of other people's faces, right? Yeah. He can. The Astros can say, like, this is my whatever point of view, but when someone talks to JD Davis when the Mets or or I, I saw an article about Dylan G in the athletic mm-hmm. over the weekend, where he also, like Bolsinger, had one outing, never really pitched again. He's not yep. suing them because he like tried to pitch in Japan the next year or whatever. And he came out and said, Listen, it, whatever. Me, I was on the Texas Rangers. We weren't winning it anyway. But Dodgers and Yankees, fans and players, have a huge gripe because they pushed the cheating team to seven games. You know, right. It, it, you're right. Manfred has to kind of control the narrative. And from his point of view, he can say that, and that can kind of be the marching yes. order, the talking points. But yep. he does not have everyone falling in line behind him because people are pissed off and rightfully right. police-
1: so but that's okay as long as they're pissed off at Rob Manfred and the Astros, and the real truth of it, the Yankees, the Cubs, the every other team having done it and been there and instances, that's okay. You, the Astros have to be the fall guy. Rob Manfred's gotta be the fall guy. And by the way, players are not stupid. Players aren't gonna come out and admit that, well, you know, i they see what's happening in the court of public opinion. And really, the court of public opinion For me, this 162-game season for the Astros is beyond punishment, Dane, for what's going to happen here. Nobody takes you seriously. You're worried about now guys throwing at you that Rob Manfred has to uh, step out and say, hey, anybody does this, we're going to go ahead and suspend you all right, well, you didn't suspend them, but throwing at them, that's going to be a problem. So it's a very
3: slippery slope.
1: It's going to be right now for the Astros. You guys are going to be the fall guy for probably what was a systemic issue across all of Major League Baseball. But they're the ones right now that have to fall. Like Barry Bonds and
3: Roger Clemens are the fall guys for all of steroids, right? Exactly correct. On some level. It is
1: what it is. But at least, and I don't think all teams were doing it, but I do think, the teams that would hurt the most absolutely have to have some sort of tie to it, but it'll never get to that point because it's going to live and die with the Astros and Rob Manford right now. And the buzzer idea would be just, could you imagine? Yeah, we found a buzzer on him. Listen, so I, I want to see what the fans,
3: fans do. I want to see what the fans do. Like, yeah. first time the Astros come into Yankee Stadium,
1: I want to see what fans do. Yep. Yeah. That's, I know. Yeah. Milk anyway, batter. it's going to be fun. Any fun year for the Astros. Good luck with that, guys. We know how that works out for you.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day.